0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network G'day, I'm Scott Sanders and welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Now today we are coming to you live from Ireland. We've got a special guest Samantha Jensen from Virtual Church Assist. Uh, G'day Sam.
1: Hi Scott, it's good to be here.
0: It is, Sam is an Australian but she's uh, currently uh, living in Ireland with her husband uh, Dave Jensen and kids and they're just about to, well they just launched a church plant in Ireland, is that right? In Belfast.
1: That's right, Uni Church Belfast. I'm gonna have to correct you Scott, it is Northern Ireland. We live in Northern Ireland which is part of the UK and yes we started Uni Church Belfast on the weekend.
0: Excellent. So if she's coming through just a little bit softer, that's because we're crossing seas and oceans to bring you today's episode of, uh, of The One Thing. Now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. Uh, you have pressed play on episode number 42, Church Administration. Now, a lot of people think that church administration is not that important. Uh, a lot of pastors, I think, don't give it the attention that it deserves. Uh, I've done a little bit of research and reading on this, and uh, Gary McIntosh in his book recommends that even for a church of 100, having you know uh, one person staffed on church administration can free up ministry staff to be able to actually uh, function and work at their best. Today, we've got Sam uh, Jensen from Virtual Church Assist. She's been working as a, an administrator in church, uh, part-time, full-time, and now she runs uh, a business that serves local churches by putting virtual church assistance in their church it's not a it's not a chatbot it's actually a real person who works <laughs> alongside you in the church to help help pastors with their administration so sam uh, it's great to have you on here you bring a wealth of experience and I, i'm really keen to sort of sort of start the conversation off by hearing you talk about well what is administration how how would you define it
1: Administration actually has a whole lot of different facets to it. It's basically the things, when it comes down to it, it's the things that a lot of pastors and leaders in ministry organisations, it's the jobs that they're doing that they actually shouldn't be doing. It's the things they end up sitting at their computers instead of being out pastoring, planning, preaching, doing those things that actually really matter. So it's the things that could be um, something smaller uh, in terms of putting together the PowerPoint slides for your Sunday services. It could be uh, coordinating and managing and preparing for events. It could be sitting and organising your email inbox and getting things ready uh, for whatever's next and coming up. It's those things that uh, take you away that need to be done in order to plan and to move forward and to prepare for the future but actually can be passed off to someone else
0: so you 've worked in this area for a number of years what are, What are some of the common mistakes you know that you see happening with with sort of church pastors and you don 't need to give any names here. just want yeah. to hear sort of gen general hypothetical situations
1: yeah. yep, sure, no <laughs> names promise Two major things and the first one i 'm going to say I think a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and say, "No way, really this actually exists but I've dealt with this a lot of times, and that is not having a centralized location where everything is kept. A place where all the staff members or the people who need it have access to that information, or those documents, or files, or whatever that is. So places where a place where all your PowerPoints for Sunday are kept, all the songs, um, anyone who needs them can have access to it. Place where you know your parish council or your presbytery meeting minutes are, so that. Anyone on staff or the person who needs it can get straight to it from their computer, not having to call your administrator or call another member of staff to find that information that you're after. That includes having a shared calendar um, and and any number of things just where everyone can access
0: it. So that used to be the church computer up the back that ran the PowerPoint and <laughs> did, did the parish council meeting and everything else. Now we've got the iCloud, it kind of seems a bit obvious. Yeah. It seems a bit obvious that churches should be able to do that quite simply and easy. have got Dropbox and... You know Google have a whole free, you know free free resources to do that as well.
1: Exactly right. Where you used to have someone who uh, may have been a volunteer or a retiree or someone kind of sitting at a desk, whether that's the desk up the back of church or in an office, and that's where things were located, we now have this thing called the internet, and we've got to use it. We've got to use all the technology that we can to make our lives easier so we can do more ministry.
0: Issues of privacy around that though, they're, they're real. So I can see why some, you know, some pastor will say, hey, that's great, uh, Sam, but this stuff's really important and we want to keep it private. Of course.
1: Of course. That's a, actually a really important point to make. And there needs to be things that aren't accessible to everyone. Yep. So whether that's on Dropbox and you have files and folders that are shared just for the music team, here are all the songs, or just for the vestry, you can all access this one folder. So that's a really important way to do it. Um, Or if you have some sort of online database, you can um, toggle the settings and that sort of thing, so that only, yeah.
0: So that's the first common mistake, not actually having a central repository of documents and things to store that people can access so that you as the pastor aren't the blockage in sort of getting that out. What's the (laughs) the (laughs) second, second biggest mistake?
1: There's two extremes where a pastor might be working with an assistant. Um, One is micromanagement and the other one is no management at all. So micromanagement actually says, I don't trust you fully to get this job done. So you're coming in, you're checking on what they're doing or you're changing plans and adding extra work unnecessarily rather than just letting them get on with it that's that's micromanagement mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Or then at the other end of the spectrum, there's no management at all. So I need this done. You're here. Here it is. Now go. Go get it done. No direction, no guidance, no input, and expecting results out of that. Um, so thinking, okay, this person has experience. They're an administrator. They know what to do. Here it is. See you later.
0: Now, <laughs> it'd be really, really important if you're listening in to jump back into episode number 23 on delegation, not abdication. That's got a whole bunch of really helpful yeah. stuff um but, that was a great one <laughs> but I, I I I I get that I I get that wrestle that a pastor has of sort of handing over some of those things because you know you, you used to manage a calendar and you you know just I can the way that I do powerpoints is just that you know I put mm. the photo over here and I give attention to spatial <laughs> things over here I just do it better than other people in the church what what would your answer be yeah. to um Whole transmit to that pastor. Hypothetically speaking here, I'm just speaking hypothetically.
1: Yep. No, no, absolutely. No, this is good because this takes me to my main key point and that's <laughs> communication. I mean, I as an administrator, I cannot read your mind, but you can tell me this is how I like it done. Hmm. This is how we as a church are going to function. This is how we do things. Can you fit in with that? Can you do it this way? Or you make sure that you can access it to make the changes yourself once it's done. But you don't want that happening. What you really want to happen is to get a really good working relationship so that you can, you can trust your administrator to get the work done and do it the way that it needs to be done.
0: So what I'm hearing is it, it's going to be a conversation. It's going to be going back and forth. It's not going to, the administrator not, is not going to get it right, so to speak, the first yep. time. But actually investing in communicating uh, what, you know, what you're after, the, the end result, means that ultimately you can actually uh delegate and hand over a whole task and off I mean often I find they do a better powerpoint you know they get they get a better they get a better job <laughs> yep. done um I they did say that out loud I did say that out loud <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> they can also probably do it in half the time that you can
0: This is very true Just Putting it
1: out there yeah This is very true Well
0: that's really helpful to uh hear those common mistakes after the after the break, we are going to hear more about sort of setting up best practice and and how to leverage uh, someone part-time as a volunteer uh, in your in your church administration or actually you know leverage leveraging say a virtual church assist um, We come now to the, you know one of the most important segments of the show a lot of people are looking forward to 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 the toolbox uh, so this week's, uh this week's toolbox we've got a number of different things uh, one of the one of the things I think that's really helpful in thinking through this is is actually just thinking through your staffing plan. I don't think people give a lot of attention in church life to uh, their staff mix. Uh, and so there's a great book called Staff Your Church for Growth by Gary McIntosh. Got some really helpful rules, which I think you, you should read with your with your leadership team as you think through, well, should we uh, employ, you know, employ someone uh, in this role? What are the gifts and skills that we have in our current ministry team? Uh, how can we think about... You know, size of church as to when we might have, you know, one administrative person or two administrative um, people. There's lots of sort of contextual questions that we sort of can't answer here in this, but it's a great book. Um, if you're looking for some admin tools, I'm going to recommend Dropbox or, uh, or Google Suite. Uh, they, are, they are great tools for storing, storing some things there's some excellent project management software out there as well asana we've we've talked about that before uh, these are all tools that actually help communication within your team uh, and as Sam has said, you can lock off things and invite people to certain folders so that privacy especially around sort of safe safe ministry um, safe ministry and areas is is kept uh, now the the final website is uh, is a new website that Sam's uh, working on called Church admin hacks uh, go to www.churchadmin.com. Hacks.com. Uh, and that's a website where uh, Sam is pulling together a whole bunch of church administrators and getting their sort of best practice. So if you're, you know, looking for some event tips, if you're looking for, you know, bookkeeping tips, if you're looking for, you know, communication tips, that's a great website to uh, to jump on. Uh, great. Well, I want to I want to jump back into this conversation, uh, Sam. How, how do you set up? The sort of administrative relationship what's the what sort of best practice can you help us help us sort of work through that?
1: One of the biggest things that we think is really important at virtual church assist is we always require a minimum of four to six weeks where the the pastor or the leader is spending the time communicating well, leading and guiding the administrator. So a good four to six weeks where the administrator will ask as many questions as possible. And it takes a lot of patience on both sides so that they can fully understand because they want to understand your voice and how you do things and making sure that they're working alongside you properly. And then after those four to six weeks, they can then start, the administrator can then start to offer suggestions. Uh, they might be able to see a hole in the system or a way that things could be done a little better or a little faster, a bit more efficiently. Um, so we always say at least uh, up to six weeks because you might actually realize I need someone to do these things. And mm. then once we start, you realize, actually, that's not what I want them doing. I need them in this area once you kind of figure out that working relationship.
0: So it's uh, it's important to to take the time to, to build a relationship, but also then over yeah. time, Trust, trust that the administrator potentially has better hacks or better, better ways of doing yeah. things, and, and start handing that over. Um, you, yeah. You've you've actually worked in a, you've worked as a administ- administrative person in a church and been a member of the church. Um, that's mm. sort of one of the questions I've got. What it, you know, what's your what's your thoughts on employing someone out, outside who it's, you know, it's it's their job, versus employing mm. someone who's a member of the church and you know and you know using their gifts and skills. For, you know, for paid yeah. employment or, for, or to volunteer?
1: Yeah. Look, I think any church needs to value admin as a ministry area of mm. service. So you might have people in your church who are really gifted in this area and they can do it on a volunteer basis, and that's fantastic. I mean, in the same way that a graphic designer or a musician, that's what they're gifted in, and so they enjoy doing it. There are actually people, you might think they're crazy, who really enjoy admin type roles. Um, so finding those people is fantastic. And if they're able to do it on a volunteer basis, that's awesome as well. And when it comes to actually um, working for the church and attending the church as well, there is, a, there is a slightly fine line because that administrator actually knows a whole lot of mm. what's going on more than what the regular church attender would know. So there, there are conversations that need to be had to make sure that Um, that information is is kept private um, and that person is not using any of that information for the wrong reasons or anything Mm. like that. Um, But it is a case of just figuring out how that works in in terms of ministry, in terms of life uh, and in terms of work as well, particularly when it's a paid role at that point.
0: So when would you start paying someone? Someone's someone's using their gifts, uh, they're working in the office, you know, Four or five hours. That's that's how they're ser- mm-hmm. you know using their serving you know their serving time in the church. When would you actually start going? Okay, actually, we need to we need to really pay you um, for this yeah. role that you're doing.
1: Yeah, often it can start uh, as a really small role if someone's doing something on a volunteer basis. Mm-hmm. So they might put their hand up and say, "Yep, I can create a a church directory. Yep. You know, I've got the skills to to do that, uh, and that's fantastic." And then as time goes on, you start to realize, hold on, this is actually, this has become a role and this person, um, we really need them. We need what they're doing and they're adding a huge amount of value to our team. Um, and if we lost them at this point, that could be, that'd, that, that wouldn't be good. They're an asset and we need them. Yep, yep. It might also come to the point where if it's taking them away from paid work, you need to sit down and have a conversation about that. Um, partic- you don't want someone who's doing this role and starting to resent doing it. Yep. So it comes back again as always to open communication, having those conversations um, to make sure that that person's happy and willing to keep doing what they're doing um, or if, if it, yeah, it might get to the point where they need to be paid.
0: Uh, one final question for you before we uh, hear your one thing. How, how can you actually uh, care for your administrative staff? So what's uh, the what's the best, some of the best things that, that a pastor can do to actually care for their ministry staff?
1: It actually comes down to the way that how are you working? You need to think about how am I working and is this helping the people around me? So uh, I've found that there are pastors out there who are working reactively. Mm-hmm. So often things will come in um, and there'll be urgent things that need to be done as a response to something that's happened. So the administrator, all of a sudden, although they're focusing on something else, they all of a sudden have to deal with this, you know, there's, there's an event happening and we need printing right now. Um, so you've got, to, you've got to do that. It's not loving to your administrator yes. and I'd love to encourage ministers, pastors, leaders to really move from working reactively to working proactively. So actually planning ahead, knowing, okay, my administrator works Tuesday and Wednesday, there's an event the following Saturday, so I'm going to email them the week beforehand to get these things done. Mm-hmm. You know, so actually having that plan ahead, um, that's a really good way to love your administrator. Um, but again, it's, it's communication. It's giving them a deadline, um, asking in advance, making sure um, that, yeah, they have proper instructions to get the work done properly rather than throwing something at them and then they do, it could be hours of work, and then give it back and it's all done wrong and they need to start again. <laughs>
0: that's, that's really helpful, uh, Sam. Thing. That's really helpful to have that. that uh, not, not be reactive. Not be reactive. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, so, Sam, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to church administration?
1: I think I've said it a few times, but you need <laughs> to communicate with your administrator. You need to value your administrator. You need to value admin as a ministry. And as a way that they're serving church and working alongside them and a really good way to care for them is to communicate, uh, to get the best out of your administrator, to get the best working relationship, which will ultimately lead to greater efficiency um, and allowing you to do more of the stuff that matters the most, to do your role properly.
0: Excellent. Well, it's thank you. It's as simple as that. Thank you, Sam. Really appreciate your time this morning. Uh Coming all the way from Northern Ireland. If you've liked what you've heard today, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes. even leave, leave a comment. We we love getting your questions, and we're going to be seeking to answer more and more of those uh, as 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 we actually build people who build, build a listenership and an audience who uh, who are listening to this podcast. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, we're going to be thinking about uh, how do you understand your local community. We've got Mark McCrindle from uh, McCrindle Research coming in, and we're going to be talking to him about how do you actually unpack and understand the ABS data. Well, I'm Scott Sanders, chat soon.